I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. The outrage in India has not subsided. For almost three weeks now, protesters have been out in the streets demanding an end to violence against women. The outrage was sparked by the brutal gang rape of a 23-year-old university student who died last weekend. Today, Indian authorities filed rape and murder charges against five of her alleged assailants. A sixth is undergoing tests to determine if he's an adult or a minor. The trial is due to be held in a fast-track court, with hearings beginning as early as this weekend. The crime horrified Indians and sparked a national debate about the treatment of women. Men have this view that they can just go out and violate women and use them and abuse them as commodities to be bought and sold and exploited. That's an excerpt from an interview we'll hear in a few minutes about a poll that ranked India one of the worst places in the world to be a woman. We begin our coverage, though, by hearing from someone who's very familiar with the challenges facing women in India. This woman is a rape survivor. We're not using her name here. She's been among the thousands of protesters demanding justice for women in India. In a conversation with the BBC's Andrew North in Delhi, she recounted how she was treated after she was raped. The medical examiner had no sensitivity at all. You know, she was absolutely inhuman. The way she was examining me, you know, and obviously it was extremely painful for me, you know. You know, for a moment I just stopped existing as a person and I just became a person who was raped. And can you tell me more about what happened then in the hospital? You said they called out for you. I was waiting at the reception and someone just called me as... Okay, now call uh, the lady who was raped. That sound still echoes in my head. I understand you were also uh, pressured into trying to give up the case. Can you tell us how they tried to do that? The defence lawyer met one of, I mean, my friend, and he came up with something like, okay, get them married, get, you know, done with this whole case. Even his parents tried to approach one of the witnesses, you know, that, you know, we should drop the case. You were urged to get married to the man who raped you? Yes, I was. As a way of um, getting you to just Get done with this it. case and forgive him for whatever he did, get married to him. You said you were very worried about the stigma that you would suffer as a result of being raped. How deep-rooted do you think that is, that mindset? You know, in India, a lot of importance given to a woman's, a girl's virginity. The moment you lose it, you've lost all the respect. I grew up thinking that if you're raped, then you're doomed. People would not accept you. They're going to ostracize you. But, you know, genuinely in my case, my parents were the biggest strength. You know, I had a strong support system. And I would, I doubt if a lot of women have such a strong support system. A lot of these cases don't even get reported. Women are scared to report these cases. You, you were on the protests yourself. You know, the best part that I liked about going there is there were a lot of men and women who had similar thinking. I feel that people became more vocal. Everyone was sharing their story. People were coming up with a lot of, you know, suggestions, whatever they feel that should be the change, you know. A lot of women came up and surprisingly equal number of men came out. They were supporting this whole movement. We need more men like them. From Delhi, those were the thoughts of a survivor of rape. She was speaking with the BBC's Andrew North. 
As we mentioned earlier, India ranks as one of the worst places in the world to be a woman, according to a recent poll. The poll was conducted by Trust Law, a website set up by the Thomson Reuters Foundation to provide legal assistance and information on good governance and women's rights. They asked over 350 gender specialists around the globe to assess the best and worst places to be a woman among the world's biggest economies. India ranked last out of the G20 countries. Nita Bala is South Asia correspondent for the Thomson Reuters Foundation. She says much of the problem in India is rooted in the country's gradual transition from traditional society to modern nation. As the society is evolving, people are asking questions about social rights and these deeply patriarchal, feudal views that have existed for centuries of women being seen as the property. First, when they're born, they're the property of their fathers. Then when they're married, they are the property of their husbands. The idea of women just being childbearers and and homemakers is now being questioned. And all of these, these views of women being subservient, of course, men then have this view that they can just go out and and violate women and and use them and abuse them. Now, if we look at one problem uh, endemic to India, uh, slavery, it's a problem all over the world, but its visibility varies depending on where you go. In India, how visible is is slavery? And are women the primary victims of slavery? In the, the homes, in the middle class homes, one wouldn't call it slavery. I mean, women are now working and this is what we see is this irony of India. We have an India where we have, you know, the, the, the country's most powerful politician, Sonia Gandhi, is a woman. Mm. Our, our, pres, our former president was a woman. Um, the, one of the biggest leaders in India's political history, Indira Gandhi, was a woman. You know, we have millions of gods in Hindu in the Hindu religion. Many of them are women, and we are told to worship, you know, the woman as a goddess in our home. But of course, that does not translate on the ground. Where, where so is a, where, where is a disconnect? We see a situation where we've seen them. Um, people talk about rape and sexual violence. Yet at the same time, we have this huge problem of domestic violence. So people are not linking rape and sexual violence with the other issues, such as, you know, widows who deserve to have their land rights recognized. Unborn girls in this country are aborted, you know, about 12 million female fetuses have been aborted. Uh, yes, have been aborted in the last um, three decades because girls are considered a burden. So, 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 Nita, do you think that all these connections between these various issues and sexual violence need to be made before anything can improve? Absolutely. I mean, the reaction so far has been very knee-jerk. It has been about, okay, let's deal with safety for women in Delhi. So let's put more women in the police force, which is definitely needed. Let's strengthen laws against sexual violence, which is definitely needed. But nobody really is talking about a deeper issue of changing mindsets, about when we only have 11% of, of women in politics, and they are the ones that really are the ones that can pass the laws and bring in place the policies, um, then there's not really that much hope. Nita Bala, South Asia correspondent for the Thompson Reuters Foundation. Very good to speak with you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. For the record, in that trust law poll, the country ranked number one as the best place to be a woman was Canada. And the U.S., well, we only ranked number six.